When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Worldwide. Worldwide. From the streets to the yard. <laughs> to the boulevard. Gangsta. When I write y'all. All across the USC, Compton, Watts. Bay to L.A. We gon' tell you the truth and nothing but the truth Gangsta Chronicles, this is not your average show You're now tuned into the real MCA, Big James, and Big Stale This is strictly from the streets Hello We represent the G's Uh, you know we represent the G's Never know one of these Gangsta hustlers, players on the dark Tune in like every week If you wanna hear the real well, you didn't come to the right spot, Gangster Chronicle. Finally get a chance to let the real ones speak. Gangster Chronicles, what's the word on the streets? Welcome to the Gangster Chronicles podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Black Effect Podcast Network. Make sure you download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles. For my Apple users, hit the purple mic on your front screen, subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles, and leave a five-star rating and comment. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Gangster Chronicles, and I'm with my homeboy tonight. Big Jack. You know, unfortunately, um, our other brother, MCA, incapacitated at the moment. He's going to be all right. He's in the hospital right now. We ask y'all, all y'all out there to keep my man in prayers, and also keep our brother Reggie right in prayer. It's a lot of stuff going on right now, dog. Well, let it be known clear that eight don't have COVID. He just, he just up under something else. But he's going to be all right, and we're going to hold it down until he come back. We got stuff going on with Trump right now, man. Trump is out there acting the fool. They act like they're about to turn on his ass, man. Well, they should. They should. And, and, and 
you know, there's a lot of shit going on with that. Like inciting a riot and then five people done got killed. These motherfuckers is basically getting away with it. Ain't nobody been charged with murder yet. You know what it's I'm saying? Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because motherfuckers died on here, man. You know what? Not to be rude, man. We got a special guest tonight, man. We got our boy TQ in the building with us, man. Yeah, right. I'm in here. What's up? What's up? Somebody is going to take the fall for this, man. You know, and I even heard something. I heard something on um, CNN this morning, man. The dude was talking about trying to pardon himself. Trump. Yeah. 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 Well, he was he was pretty warned not to do that. Don't even try that. But Trump doing what he want to do. But he's just showing the people how he getting down. And he just being 100 with it. But one motherfucker don't dictate. And this is what he doing, dictating shit right now on how he want to run shit or what people should be doing because he want them to do it. And he shouldn't be allowed that. I couldn't do that. Oh, no, no shit. None talk. of us could. Hell you know, no. so I just think it's all full of shit. You know, you inside a ride and, and five people die in the process of that, and you just lock motherfuckers up, but ain't nobody been charged with the murders. If I killed a police officer in the middle, in the midst of a crime, they finna put my ass on death row. They finna do me bad. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then, and then you know the other component that you got with that, bro? You are in a government facility. Right. You are inside a, go a government facility, and, and I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if you go to a government facility and do something, man, ain't that, like, worse? Yeah, it is worse. Gotta be. It is. Yeah, something ain't right, though, man. I've been in that building before, man. That place be that place is fortified. There's so many people in there with guns constantly. Like, how could that just happen like that? I think because, it's because that way of thinking then infiltrated some of them police. And you got 12 of them that's, that's being looked at. Two of them done resigned. Trump had them motherfuckers in his pocket, and he let them walk go. on through. There you go. Ain't no way in the world you can just walk on through that motherfucker like that. Ain't no way, bro. Oh, no, that's what I was thinking, because I've been to the Capitol building before, too. And yeah. if you know, T, if you walk close to that grass and somebody from Secret Service, hey, you got to get back. You Bruh, can't what? just walk in there like that, man. So for two thousand, I just that look up on that roof. All them guns pointed at you, man. Mm -hmm. Constantly, they ain't no way, dog. Ain't no way. It ain't no way, man. So he has something to do with that. And see, these people know, and now all of them is kind of turning their back on him. No, they're like, oh, he he went too far. And a lot of them people are genuinely upset, though. Yeah, real talk. If they is, they need to show it, and they need to show people that regardless of the color of your skin. You're gonna be you gonna you you gonna be uh dealt with accordingly if you cross the line like that. Real talk. Look at Black Lives Matter. Trump sent the whole National Guards at that ass. Man, like it was Tears shit. the whole nine. You didn't see none of that shit, and then you the cold part about <laughs> it, you see the white boys macing the police. Yeah. <laughs> man, that wouldn't yeah. have happened. Somebody would have got shot. Somebody oh, would have yeah, got man. shot. It would have been a whole lot of deaths, man. So, you know, that's an ongoing thing, man. I, I wanted to holler at you about some stuff, though, T. That's why I hit you up, man, because I know you don't do a lot of interviews, so we appreciate you coming on, man. Bro, right. I ain't nothing, my nigga. You started off with a group coming of age, then y'all broke up, and you put, like, one of the biggest records out of the 90s after that. And I always wanted to ask you, how did you come up with that West Side record? I don't know, man. That Honestly, that was that was organic, man. I walked in, I walked in the studio, and it was just some good musicians in there jamming at the time when i walked in there it was uh it was mike mosley rick rock from the bay 
and uh and my man Femi, Femi OG tuned it. And Rick Rock was playing on the drums when I walked in. Femi was playing on the piano and they was just playing a melody. And to me, it sounded like they was playing the track to Dear Mama, but they was doing some funky other beat to it. And so I was there to meet Mike Mosley because at the time I was signed to a to another label. I was signed to Atlantic and I was having problems with them. And I was there to meet Mike to do some writing with him. Mm-hmm. And like I couldn't I couldn't pay attention because I just kept listening to what they was making in there. So I asked Mike, I'm like, man, can I just get on that beat? And he came in when I started writing. He started messing around on the beat machine. And about 15 minutes, man, it was a song. Man, you just, had some legendary cats in there because uh, Mike yeah. Mosley, man, all them cats, man, they held the bay down. They held music down right. for a long time. And shit, right. Rick Rock still going today. He, shit, Jay-Z and everybody else, man. So you kind of gave them cats they start down. Well, Rick Rock. I mean, no, nah, they, they was already popping. They was down here working on um, on some other projects, actually. And then that day when we did Westside, we kind of hit it off. And I, I just, I went to the I just went to the Bay. That's where I kind of kicked off at. I just started recording with Mike and all them Bay artists. And uh, that, that shit happened for about a year, maybe, before I even put anything out. I was just doing hooks in the Bay with, like, all kinds of people, man. Mac Mall and, like, San Queen and RBL Posse, all of these cats. Um, just going studio to studio with Mike, really. Um, working with cats like Sam Bostic, Studio Tone, um, yeah. and Banks, all them cats up there I used to work with. So when I did, when I actually did an album, that's how 40 and, and Short and all of them ended up on it, was through Mike and all of them. Yeah, big ups to the homie too, Short, E-40. Yeah, yes, man. And, and you know what's crazy, man, is like that you start not make sense because I always looked at you like as an R&B singer, but you move mm. like a rapper. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was always around. Really, I didn't really, I didn't, after I, the group, that was like my experience with R&B. After that, I didn't really, I didn't really have no R&B. I was was always doing music with rappers. I used to always make music with rap producers. And um, even when I left, I went to a rap label. So it's just, it was always rap. And and even, even before I started doing music professionally, like, I mean, I listened to NWA more than I listened to to any of the R&B music that was out at the time. When it came down to R&B, I was into like my mom them records, which was it was old shit. It was, you know, Marvin Gaye, Motown, you know, Stevie Wonder, that type of shit. So I didn't really, I didn't really get into like the early '90s or the '80s uh, R&B. It was mostly rap and and pop. You know, Michael Jackson and Prince and all that's the shit I was into when I was young. As far as like singing went, everything else, man, it was just rap constantly. So I think that just kind of screwed. I just, I never was a rapper. I just always sang, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you came out here originally from Alabama. You from Compton, right? Compton, California, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compton, I left California. Alabama when I was a year old. Went to Compton. A year old. So yeah, you from Compton, James. Yeah, he's from the city. Right, so, right. Yeah, he's, yeah. From, he's from the city, man. Um, And you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, man, as far as, as far as, as long as I've known you, you've had a really great fan base, man. They've been able to tour a whole lot and go out the country. You're real big overseas and everything. Mm. How did you wind up doing a deal with Cash Money? Because you was on, you wasn't on Atlantic at that time. You was on um, Warner Brothers. Sony. 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 You were on Sony at the time. Yeah. How did yeah. you wind yeah. up, man? You know, I, I was having a, I was just having this issue with Sony where 
their international company was just a lot bigger and a lot more powerful than the domestic company. And like, you know, we kind of saw eye to eye with that, with that side of the, of the company, but I'm, I'm an American artist. So I kept butting heads with, with the, the domestic side of the company. And it was like, every time I would talk to Slim, he would always have the same idea that I would be trying to, you know, trying to get across to Sony that they just didn't get. Like, they was just some slick New York dudes. They was on this real slick R&B shit. They didn't really feel like like my subject matter and all this and that. Like, they wanted to change the shit that me and Mike was doing. They didn't want Mike, Rick Rock, none of them on my on the next album that I was doing. Um, we did my album and then went and got a deal. So once that West Side song came out and it did what it did, they wanted to just kind of take over and turn me into a, a, a different kind of artist. I wasn't really for that. Um, Slim had the best idea. Baby had the best idea. I would always see them in passing. And um, when we was on Up in Smoke, they had, they told me that they had been trying to get me out of my deal. And Sony told them to stop <laughs> stop calling me basically. <laughs> so yeah, they was gonna get that ass for tampering. Yeah, exactly. So they, they told me they was like, Man, if you can get yourself out of there, you know, we got a deal for you. I we'll sign you in a minute. So I just kind of set about trying to get myself away. And and that's how it happened. Like really, you know, I had relationships with Juvie and with BG. Like we would always see each other on the road. They fucked with my music heavy. I fucked with their music heavy. And they would always tell me how much Baby and Slim like my shit. So it, it, the, the, the beginning of the relationship just came on mutual respecting each other's music. So we would hang out a lot. I would always go down there, work with them, be in the studio doing songs with them. We would cross each other out. If they was doing the show, they would always be like, hey, come get on stage with us tonight. And I, I get in their show and do West Side. So they did a lot to like baby put a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh radio stations and shit in the south onto my music. So I'm like, okay, this this seemed real, this seemed organic, like there's some there's some niggas that really like what I do. I shouldn't have to change too much. So let's 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 go on and do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> Them was some cold. Them I, I I read your stuff. Them was some cold cats at the end of the day. Um, they was like some sugar night type of niggas. You know, <laughs> they look out for you, but they ain't looking out for you. Real talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, Real talk. <laughs> you know, my whole thing is, you know, he had all these brothers out of the penitentiary that did ten and twenty, and yep. here he is on the bus, and he's starving them. And Darn. then you got to. And my whole thing is. The guys at Death Row was pretty much the same way, was being starved. Nobody never came up. Mm. Why do you think that those guys had that security and people look at them like that and don't they don't have problems because they got security like that? But then they starve you to death. I don't know, man. I know I tell you this much from the inside, when you start looking around and you saying like, okay. All these niggas that that's these is all killers, right? <laughs> we didn't literally pull the buses up to different penitentiaries <laughs> and pick these niggas up. And wow. these niggas complaining about their food. 
You know what I'm saying? It's looking grimy around here. I'm like, that's part of the reason why I bounce. It's like, bro, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be in this type of situation, right? It just don't make no sense. Where it ain't just like one, two niggas eating, like nigga, you are feasting. And it's very easy to take care of these niggas that you got on this bus. That's not hard to do at all. Right. At the same time, I don't know what psych- psychological games being played. I don't know what the history of none of these niggas are. I don't know what the, the private comments ain't, ain't. These ain't my homies. I'm not from down there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if he starving somebody as, as some payback for something they did. I don't know what the fuck going on. So well, I, I, I think the guys stay there because, you know, getting out of prison, and which is the same scenario we had at Death Row, you know, getting out of prison and they got to, you know, rob and steal to eat. And you, yeah. you, you're thinking, okay, the homie got me. You know, they want to stay there. You know what I'm saying? Because at any time, half of the motherfuckers that was on the line right there could have did this nigga in. You know what in I'm saying? Time. Robbing whatever. But yeah. they stay there and show their loyalty just thinking one day this nigga going to give me mine or I'm going to get mine doing it. And it never yeah. happened. It never yeah. happened. And it's crazy how motherfuckers that ain't really getting down like that that can mind fuck a cat that done 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy trip. shit. It's a trip. It's crazy. a trip. Start, it stopped making sense to me, so that's when I had to get on and cut it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You know, and the thing is, that was a big part because y'all put out some classic records during that time. So you with these cats, man, and you rolling with them, right? Um, you and Birdman is kicking it, man. When did you start first kind of outside of him treating his homies bad, man? When did you first kind of like get the inkling that stuff wasn't right over there? You know what? Um, when I first got to New Orleans, um, I like before I signed down there, I would spend my time with Juvie or with BG, right? And they would have me in the neighborhoods. I would always just be in the neighborhoods. But after I signed, when I actually was down there by myself, I started seeing how, now just imagine you go to a new place where, where you didn't linked up with these niggas and they, they running it. They got big records. You didn't, you know, y'all, y'all doing it. Y'all making good records and everything. But every time you back at home, the people in the city is kind of who, who loved me already. Cause I was on, they, they already played my records down there a lot in the first mm-hmm. place. That's why, that's how any of these people know who I am. Right. But mm-hmm. the people will always be like, Oh, why are you fucking with them? Oh, them niggas ain't shit. Oh, Oh baby. Fucked up. He this, he that. Blah, blah, blah. Just always, it was never nothing positive. People would always tell me, man, you should have signed with Master P. All over the city. Yeah. As soon as I got there, literally as soon as I got there. So one day, I'm at the gas station. And I'm right outside of a baby's neighborhood. I walk in to pay for gas. Here come C-Murder, Magic, Silk, and some more niggas. All in the store. Like in baby's neighborhood. Now I'm fresh. I'm fresh from LA. So you know what I'm thinking in my head. I'm thinking it's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You to get yeah. So I'm like, damn, what is this shit about? Literally, that they, they even say it. 
man, you should, I don't know what you signing these fuck ass niggas for. And so you imagine like I'm there, I'm the only R&B dude. I'm thinking I'm about to really like, yeah, I'm about to get it. Cause I'm, I'm literally the only singer around here. I'm about to be writing on everybody's shit. And then literally like first weekend, you just kind of get this, it's just like this negative air about the shit, not necessarily within the camp. All that was cool at that point, but the people in the place where they supposed to be holding it down didn't really seem to be feeling them like that. So well, they just, they had that reputation. Um, I don't know what period this was, but this about the time because because Juvenile was the nigga over there for a long time, man. Is this, yeah, this was in the beginning. Like, this was right after his first this was right after uh, Back That Ass Up. So in between Back That Ass Up and like that that year behind that was all of the time when I was like traveling with them, trying to get myself off of Sony and sign to them, basically. Okay, so, oh, so, oh, so let me get it straightened out for the people. So you was running with them for a year or so before you even was able to get off of Sony. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I was still, I was still on tour and shit. Um, like I would do shows and we would be in the same city or we would be close. Baby would send his van for me or send a car for me or or any of that. And I, sometimes I would do my show then go to their show. So it was just times when we, it was just we were just at first, like I said, it was just the respect of the music. You know what I'm saying? A nigga would call me, hey man, why don't you come down here? I want you to get on a couple of records with a couple of people. So I go down there. And, write some hooks, sing them. We'll go do a show. Baby always paid me, bro. Always. From the beginning to the end. I never had no kind of money problem with the nigga. But I know all of the niggas that did, and they not lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was there. I watched the shit. But I can't join in the, in the whole... <laughs> I can't join in the whole conversation about not being paid, because... He acted funny one time with my money at the end, and my lawyer got involved, and I got my shit quick. That was nothing but like a little 30-day delay. Since then, it ain't never been no problem. Before then, it ain't never been no problem. But I'm not here vouching for the nigga saying that he ain't, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't see well, how he even did other people. He was just testing you at that time. Probably so. Yeah. Probably so. You know what I'm That's saying? How but. They do. I got common sense though, man. It's like if 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 it's it's like the walls start closing in. It, and and when you're from somewhere else and you're around some niggas that and y'all just different, it ain't necessarily good or bad. It's just that it's different. You're looking at it from a different eye, you know what I'm saying? So I'm paying attention like and I'm like, this shit that ran its course. Um at the end of the day. What I did while I was there, I'm gonna be able to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have for the rest of my life because it was all writing, it was all publishing shit. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I didn't have to really get into. I never signed my publishing to them or none of that kind of shit. So I didn't have to like. You know, it was a lot of desperation. A lot, a lot of times, niggas make niggas make fucked up decisions because they desperate. They got miles to feed or whatever the fuck, and 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 they go all money ain't good money. And luckily, I was in a position where I had some ownership of my shit, even the shit that I did with them. So it was just kind of easy to make the decision. This shit don't look right. You take my ass home. Right. You know, you you were in a, a different situation than those other guys because he had those other guys since they was kids. 
Right. And they kind of came into the business with him. You was a veteran already. You had already put right. out a couple records. You knew right. the game already. So he been then you came me and lawyered up. I'm pretty sure when um he met those other guys, it was on some homie shit, and they just started right. doing homie business and it never got, you know, never got past the homie business. He was just giving them whatever they could be comfortable. And sometimes, you know, when you're a kid, you accept that. Then what happens is, like, you look at Wayne's situation. Wayne is 30-some years old now. Wayne, you know, was around when he was 14, 13. Yeah, it was cool. To, yeah, it was cool to walk around back then with 2500 in your pocket and, a you know, a little compressor or whatever it is that you're driving in. But as you yeah. get older and the records ain't selling like they used to and the shows ain't coming, you know, because Wayne stay on the road, man. But right. that money ain't coming like it's supposed to. And you start kind of looking a little bit like, damn, man, I've kind of been getting fucked over a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you got to look at I mean, it happens. And, and then you, you can, if, if the way I was looking at it is like, you know, I, I kind of heard some, some, some horror stories going in. But at the same time, I knew I was protected as far as my copyrights and my, and my publishing, anything I wrote was going to be mine. Like, regardless, that was, that was, whether I signed to them or whether I signed to somebody else, that's what it was at Sony. It wasn't no way I was going to go backwards. You know what I'm saying? But I, my thing was they came to me like, man, we expanded. Like we, we about to do some real big shit. They start stretching out and grabbing people from everywhere. That's when they signed Gilly, when they signed Mac, like when they offered me my deal, it was me and corrupt. They was offering him one too. So, they was trying to turn the shit that they was doing into some global shit. Right? He he wanted to take over, and, sure. and so I'm looking at it like then he had got they had switched their law firm from some, you know, some country people that they was dealing with to a bigger law firm. Which my lawyer was like, "Oh, okay, okay, this might be a good move." So, you know, they was trying to. I think he was trying to get out the gutter a little bit. Which I was intrigued by that. Nigga was talking about, ah, oh, we gonna do sponsorships with this shoe company and that and blah blah. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounded good. You know what I'm saying? That sound like baby too, because baby the type. I know baby. You know we deal with him with glasses, man. Right. And when you with baby, I'll tell you what baby's problem is. When you with him, he'll make you feel like he about to have you on top of the world, man. You feel good <laughs> with him, and then when it's time to do all that shit, you can't catch this nigga. <laughs> or he doing his shit. I don't know him. Who is he? You know Who, Birdman. Bird? That's, That's what Bird they Man. call Birdman, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby. Okay, why, baby. sister? Well, hold on, hold on, no, hold on. Why do they call him baby? Because <laughs> <laughs> he act like one. That's what his sister told me. Oh, <laughs> wow! He got to get what he want, huh? <laughs> Hey, that's it, man. That's it. That's what his brother wow. say. That's what his sister say. That's what his family say. So, baby, man, baby. you know what, man? You was one of the first people, man. You were one of the first ones to really bring that out there, man. Because, because you know, you a dude out here from the city of Compton, man. When did you see him kiss them dudes in the mouth, man? <laughs> I had to ask, man. You know, this for the fans. The fans from Choir Lines want to know. Hey, man, him and Wayne, listen, they was doing that shit from the beginning, bro. Like, Wayne used to call Baby Paul, and Baby used to call Wayne's son. I ain't never hear them call each other their names. It's always Paul and son. I saw Baby kiss his son, Brian, 
just like he kissed Wayne. So to me, the shit was weird from the first time I saw it. I used to tell him it was weird. I, they used to laugh at me because it used to stress me out. And they didn't give a fuck. And anytime I would get the clown into talking about it, baby would be like, nigga, that's my son. I don't give a fuck about what you got to say about it or what nobody else got to say about it. That's my son. And I'm going to kiss my kid in the mouth. And and what the fuck I'm going to say? But then when you do that shit in public and you got all these people around watching, come on, man, you're putting us in a position where people got to come to me asking me about why y'all kissing. I don't really want to be in a position to be explaining that to nobody. Yeah, for so, real, because here it is, 20-some years later, you still explain it to niggas. Still got to explain it. And, it. and it's like, somebody caught a picture of them doing it at this video shoot. Baby and Puffy had a video shoot. Um, and one of them photographers caught him doing it. And, like, I'm on the edge of the picture making a face at him because all of the girls from the video shoot is watching him doing this shit. And Wayne is about to leave, baby telling them by just like they do every day. And like, that shit just embarrassed the fuck out. It, that wasn't the first time they did it. They, they, that's just how they, it's just them, bro. You know, one thing that really like it tripped me out with them, man, I remember when Cash Money first came out, they was wearing the blue rags. <laughs> the next thing you know, the red rags came and, um, <laughs> I was, you know, and I saw Wayne in the video, took the rag out of his pocket and threw it on the ground. And I was thinking, I said, man, this little dude don't even know how to gangbang right because he can get DP. Am I right, man? You get DP or some shit like that, right? Man, I don't know nothing about all that, but I I know when they hooked up with Suge that uh, he got to call in a few of them saying they from the neighborhood and they this and that. And it was like... I ain't never done. I don't know these dudes. So <laughs> I don't know where that shit came from. I guess they was just riding with sure and, and, you know, getting in where they fit in. And, you know, shit happened like that, especially in the music business now. You know, you see a lot of motherfuckers this way, and then next year you're going to see them another kind of way. Uh, in the hood, you don't, you don't get too much of that. And, you know, niggas don't respect that. But, I mean, teach his own, man. Teach his own. Yeah, you know, for the record, Wayne is a cool nigga. Wayne is all, you know, Wayne is actually an all right guy, man. And Baby is not a bad dude. He just got fucked up habits. Yeah. <laughs> a good way to put it. You know, he's got fucked It is what it is, man. The truth is the truth. You know, it, it is what it is. I ain't the first or the last nigga to say it. Real talk. <laughs> That's what, the truth. You know, bad habits as far as kissing his sons in the mouth. You know, you know, you know, that's a bad, that's a personal habit he need to work on. But, you know, each his own, you know, I don't have nothing against that if that's what you're into. But, you know, you know, he's a big, bad stunner, man. You know, kissing people in the mouth ain't too, you know, ain't too stunner like that ain't too gangster to me. Well, hey. you know, some cats might feel that, you know, this is my son. You know what I'm saying? I raised him. I can kiss my son. Will Smith kiss his son. Hey, that's what that's what he said. Is that the same thing or is that different? I don't know. That's what he said, though. I'll tell you that much. That's what I'm gonna ask y'all this because y'all both got sons. I got two sons. No, I'm not gonna when they was little kids, I kissed them on the cheek. 
I have never kissed neither one of my sons in the mouth. I have never. I did when they. I, I did when they was little, like babies. I did when well, they was little. That's what I'm saying. That's different. When they babies and you do that, yeah. it's different. But yeah. once my son got past like four and five, dude, it was always pounds. My son see me now; it's a pound. What's up, pops? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No I still, I, I still kiss my, I kiss him on the cheek though. I ain't kissing nigga. Yeah. Kiss him on the cheek ain't nothing wrong with that. But you know, right. tell another man because I don't know if people know James. Them niggas was taking, they was lip locking. Yeah, it was. It wild. was what? They was. Now, lip if you're tongue kissing, if you if you do <laughs> nah, tongue, bro, that's what I don't think they were tongue kissing. Nah, them niggas weren't tongue kissing, bro. What the fuck you mean, lip locking? You lip locking shit. Hey, you know, hey, still, you got to clean that shit up, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, y'all, look. This is what no, I mean no. when I say lip locking. I'm not going to grab my son like this and go like this. Them is lips touching, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they was show lip touching, kissing, bro. They kiss, they, you know, but I'm saying, hey, I can't say I got used to it. You can't never get used to it, but the nigga answered it the same way. Anytime I said anything about it, and it just became a joke because they literally didn't give a fuck what I thought or what nobody thought because they just, that's that. And Wayne was just like, baby, nigga, that's my pa. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about, TG. Baby, wait, wait, say you, the same thing. You know, one thing, man, I got to get them guys because Wayne was with him for a long time. So, baby, was like, he was like his father figure. That's why yeah, I was so yeah. like, and that's why I was so kind of puzzling. Uh-oh. Cut up. Yeah, his phone. Yeah, that's some crazy shit, man. You know, kissing your son. Yeah, <laughs> when it ain't, it ain't your son. <laughs> and it ain't your son. <laughs> it ain't your son, for real. That takes you to a different, uh, puts you on a different level. Real but, talk. Yeah, man, I, I, I picked you out out there riding on that bus with them cats under that condition. Man, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have fucked with it like that because... If you ain't treating me right while we out here, you ain't going to treat me right when we get to the hood. Real talk. And that's probably how some of them people was getting at you. Like, these niggas ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? They ain't exactly. looking out for their people. Exactly. So, man, you know how many times, it's been a many a time, they get on the bus and came to me like, man, I'm, can I get some fries or something to eat? Mind give me something to eat? You know what I'm saying? The fuck? And we just came off fucking tour, nigga. We on our way back to who this nigga didn't we. This nigga done passed out bags of money. Like, what? Them niggas on that bus didn't get shit? What the fuck? Like, come on, man. And that's the bus full of killers? Nah, this ain't gonna last. Somebody on that bus should have stood up. Nigga, you need to break bread. Man. We're gonna stop <laughs> this motherfucker right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's fucked up because at the end of the day, they wind up back in the hood and, and, and these niggas keep pushing. Right. No, it's but, going I, to you know what? I say this much though. I say this much. I saw, I saw the nigga not too long ago, and it was some of the same niggas. Still there, still there. So I don't know. I don't know what you say about that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe don't the nigga got his act together. Maybe he didn't. Maybe them niggas stupid. Maybe they. I don't know. I don't know. But I know it's some of the same niggas. So that's the same thing with with like with sure. You know. Motherfuckers don't know what else to do. Is that what it is? Yeah, time is. Well, changed. I mean, they got to be making enough to live. Then, yeah, they well, they getting something plus. Man, Death Row had motherfuckers getting a little raggedy ass check, mm. still with their little hustle out there selling crack on the corners and shit. When you oh, fucking man. with a, the industry like that, or fucking with a nigga that's making money like that, if yeah, you come sure. to get me. You're telling me you come to take me out the hood. Right. 
that's what you should be doing. But it right. don't go down like that. And then, you know, a lot of motherfuckers was coming and going, but then at the end of the day, the ones that was your killers, man, I ain't going nowhere. And they was selling out to the homies. They ride or die as niggas they broke bread with mm-hmm. to stay on the motherfucking, on, on board with this dude. God damn. And money is a motherfucker, but, you know, some cats feel like they got to do what they got to do to be relevant. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. that is a cold way to be. Ain't nowhere in the world uh, a, a nut-ass nigga can run 15, 20 motherfucking killers. It ain't supposed to happen like that. Nah. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not at all. all. Not at all. Well, I think, big bro, what it goes back to is what you were saying earlier, James, it's always that hope. Because, see, as long as you got that hope, ain't you already know ain't shit shaking in the hood. You know what I mean? Right. So you would rather almost be on the road because you get to go to some places and shit like that. But you would think, man, with all the bread Betty was getting, what, what was they per diem like on the road? I'm pretty sure they per diem was like $1,500 a day or some shit like that, wasn't it? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you know what? I don't, you know what? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know because, like, I didn't ride the bus with them niggas. And, like, I didn't. My pay scale wasn't like everybody else's because... I made most of my money for writing shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we would do the tours or whatever. And I, you know, I make the little money on the tours or whatever, but in the studio, Birdman is a, is relentless. Like, it, well, at the time when I was there, like that nigga was about that catalog, that catalog, that catalog songs on top of songs on top of songs. And the more I was in the studio, the more the nigga would pay. So that's where I wanted to spend all my time. So a lot of times they would be off doing whatever they they doing and I'd be with Fresh or I'm with Jazzy or I'm with somebody making the music. And I didn't get paid at the same time as them. Like none none of my shit was like theirs. So that's why I said in the beginning, like I just had just a, financially, I just had a totally different experience than them. That's why I think I lasted for so long because a lot of the bullshit was going on over my head. Like, we would literally go to the mall and tear the motherfucker down. Every nigga come out of there with boxes and boxes of shit. Right? It looked to me, at least at first, like everybody was fine. But it was also them trips when they was on the chilling circuit, which I wouldn't take because I'd be in the studio. So... I don't know, but I, I know that it started getting bad because we started traveling a lot. Like after we did his album, we really started doing a lot of touring. And that's when it was more kind of just stopping in different spots, being in the studio, as opposed to like how we would normally just, me and Fresh would be camped up in Atlanta, just record, record, record for weeks at a time. Then after Birdman's album came out, started traveling a lot and that's when i started seeing like how the shit really was going for a lot of the niggas out there you, you, and you know james just so you can get the picture of this baby and them kind of road like you do you know how you don't fly or nothing like that them yeah. dudes stay on that bus man they are yeah. on that bus 365 days a year i don't blame them. yeah with, ba- with bags of money they, i've never them dudes don't give them no planes at all 
So, you know, you got two of their biggest people, man. To me, and, and, and for the record, we seeing a lot of negative stuff about cash money. Now, it ain't negative. It's just the truth. But one thing I will say, cash money has had a stronghold on rap since the 90s. Mm. Even on up until, you know, the whole, you got the Drakes because, you know, Every time you look up and say, man, them niggas is done. Wayne is gone. Juvenile gone. It's somebody else that kind of pop up and take that mantle. So as far as them being, you know, black executives, man, I got to give them their props with that because they keep right. the train moving. They, they keep the yeah, train yeah. moving for sure. But you think about how much bigger they would have been because one thing about it, their level of production hasn't been the same since Fresh left. So you would think if I'm going to pay anybody, I'm going to make sure this motherfucker, man, he stays straight. You would and I'm going to make sure Wayne be cool. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and that's the whole shit about it because everybody that's that's in there and that's managing people, they 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 should think like that. You would think you would take a Tupac and sit his ass in the, in the, on the shelf somewhere and keep him out of harm's way for everything and anything. You would Absolutely. think, you know, all of these guys, you know, I don't know if they motherfuckers just just friend befriending each other and just get too loose with it, but you got to think about what's making you money. Real talk. If, if you lose what's making you money, you ain't gonna make no money. And <laughs> real talk. And it's a it's a fucked up thing that you know why the industry have to take advantage of talent. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. do they have to take advantage of it? I mean, if a motherfucker just came 100 and been 100 and stay 100. You would still have a lot of motherfuckers together right now today. But no everything I've seen from the temptations all the way to, to, to the shit now, motherfuckers have a problem with money. You yeah. know, feel like they're being cheated. If, if, if you know what you're signing and know what you're doing, it shouldn't be a problem. But no, the biggest you- problem is, though, the biggest problem is the temptation of... Uh, it's some kind of thought process, man. I don't. I think it's the devil, me. But it's some kind of thought process that that people have. That I don't know if it's just trying to take the quick, easy way out, or the easy money, or the fastest money, or whatever. But whatever that that little conversation is that people have with themselves, they lose a lot of ownership that way, right? Right. And when you're dealing with the type of people that we're talking about, you got to have ownership. If you got ownership, they can't treat you like they treat everybody else. Exactly. So Amen. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of talented people that for whatever reason have been in a position of leverage and they've given their ownership away. And that roll of the dice works negatively more than it works positively. Right. Well, well you know what it is, T, and this is what I tell people, and, and this happens a lot, man, with um, especially us. Because usually we come out of a situation, like you said, man, the world, we live in poverty, right? When we first fall yeah. in these situations, we got talent, yeah. but we don't yeah. necessarily have nobody around. It, it's like one person I got to give props to is Charlemagne. Yeah. When he came to us and he asked us what was most important, we told him, you know, we wanted to keep owning our content. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, he never had no intention on taking our content, man. And I, I think a lot of people, when they come out of them situations, the first thing they think of is a check, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't know what's behind that check. It ain't no such thing as free money. Somebody right. give you a check, the bigger that check is, the more they are going to take out of your stuff. 
Absolutely. And, and, and we get in a place right now, man, to where all content, remember it used to just be music that was valuable? Yeah. This particular interview that we're doing, for example, right now, motherfuckers going to be looking at it 20 years from now, possibly. Real talk. Real you know, talk. 20, 30 years from now. So now we in this thing to where you have to be really careful and cautious to all y'all out there. When you are jumping these situations and endeavors, don't just think about how much money you can give me up front. You can go earn your money. You can work for your money and make plenty yeah. of money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You have yeah. to really look behind the things, behind the details, because the motherfucker's word ain't shit. It's whatever on that paper. Yeah, exactly. But you got to you know, look at cats that want to want to get it, get it quick, get that quick money, opposed to being taught how to let your money grow. We don't understand yeah. that that concept. Let your money grow. I got a little money, but I keep doing what I'm doing. My money gonna grow. We got to learn how to save. We ain't doing mm-hmm. that. This one yeah. chick just told me about the bitcoins. I'm I'm getting into bitcoins now. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know shit about that. Move, line. <laughs> okay. That's What's the final sign, man. That's right. <laughs> he is. He on one. But I got to ask you, man. What's happening? I heard you you did something with R. Kelly. Man, is he a cool dude or is he just scandals like everybody say? <laughs> I had to you know ask what, you. man? He, he, uh, he's, a, he's, he's weird. He's very weird, but but he's a genius. He's he's weird because he's a genius. And most people I've been around that's that talented, that's that gifted, is some kind of thing about them that's just kind of off. So, like he, his that dude is just about music and about women, and everything, everything, every other extension of him, it comes from them two things. Right. So when you're working with him. It's tons of women around. When you're in the studio, if the women don't like what y'all working on, you're going to erase the shit and start over. Right. The women are there to tell the nigga if it's good or not. And he going to listen to the women over listening to anybody else. That's why he That's why he should sound like that. And, and yeah, the nigga, you know, he he just, he he a freaky nigga. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know about the whole, all the kids and all that kind of shit. I know right. all the time I spent around him, all the bras that was there, they was getting paid handsomely to be there doing what they was doing, and what none of them upset about nothing. So, right. That's what I can say about that. Outside of that, it was it was it was a lot of music we was working on. Um, uh, the best of both worlds, part two. Yeah, that was supposed go, to be. Not to cut you off, T. Oh, go You're ahead. going right into what I was about to ask you. That was supposed to be you and Birdman, wasn't it? It was supposed to be Birdman and R. Kelly. Supposed to be Birdman and R. Kelly instead of uh, Kelly and Jay-Z. Kelly and Jay-Z had fell out. And we all flew up to Chicago. He's like, man, come on, let's get down. It was what happened. We had we was on tour um, with Nelly and them after that first trial situation of his. And Boo and Gotti, Baby had just signed them. We was in Chicago. And they wanted to bring him out on stage. And he was scared. He was like, they're going to boo me. They're going to boo me. So we all backstage trying to pump him up to come up, come on out. The nigga came out. They did Fiesta together. Everybody went crazy. And then it was, that was it. He was back on. Because he had been like out of the, just like out of the way for a while after that little trial situation, that first one. And uh, after that, he just kind of felt like, man, baby, I owe you. Because like you, you know, you gave me my mojo back. Kind of on some shit yeah. like that. 
So he was like, he had fell out with Jay-Z. Um, they still got, he still got an obligation to do best of both worlds. So he's like, well, me and you just do it. And that boy and the baby was excited. And baby was like, man, I got to get my people on this. He was like, I need TQ writing some shit. I need Fresh doing some beats. I need Jazzy on this shit. I need Wayne up here. And so Kelly was like, man, y'all just come on up here and stay with me. We do all the shit at the house. Nigga, we have parties. We have pool parties. We have bitches all over the place. And let's just do some rock star shit. Sure enough, we went up there and that's what we did. Yeah, wow, man. And what was the end result of that? <laughs> you know, I got to ask, man, what was the end result of that shit? <laughs> oh, man. So, 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 you know, you said, when you said, that was supposed to be that, that part two was supposed to be you and him. Right. So basically I, I don't know what happened, but like nigga Kelly just all of a sudden flipped. I don't know if he stopped answering the phone, but we stopped fucking with the nigga stopped going up there. All of a sudden best of both worlds. Part two was out with him and fucking Jay-Z baby. Ain't know nothing about it. And boy, you talking about a hurt, but we was all hurt, nigga. <laughs> we, was all, we was all sad because I had about six songs on that motherfucker. I'm like, man, this I'm about to bounce after this. I'm like, boy, when this album come out, I got some, I got some copyright on this one. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was kind of, you know, it was getting, it was getting towards the end of it. And I, I was kind of wanting to do my own thing. I was falling off overseas. And, like, it was a big chunk of my money that used to come from overseas before I even went to cash money. And the nigga just would not never let me, just never wanted me to go. Anytime I would have a tour or something, somebody come up with something for me to do, he would always, well, how much money are they going to pay you? I'd tell him, he said, all right, I'll give you more than that. And I end up staying. And then once it got towards the end of it, I'm like, man, I, gotta, <clears throat> I got some other, other opportunities. So I had a situation for myself at Warner Brothers after this deal was over and this last, the, the option for the last year was my option. It wasn't theirs. So when that option came up, man, I just bounced. And I thought I was going to be able to bounce with that best of both worlds part two, you know, under my belt. Yeah. Part Kelly is a cold ass nigga then. Oh, that nigga low down for that. <laughs> But again, like I don't know what happened behind closed doors. I know what I know. Birdman was was he was shocked. As far as he was concerned, he was shocked. We was all shocked because the album was the shit. If I could have got away with them songs, nigga, woo, them niggas had a uh, them niggas had a masterpiece. I don't know where them songs at. I don't know who got ownership of them or what because I ain't heard them nowhere. But like. Them niggas had a banger. And this was literally, this was at the time, at the time, Baby was on some, I, looking back, I think he was just, I think he was kind of hurt <clears throat> behind the hot boys. He felt like they did him some kind of way, which they didn't. It's kind of the other way around. But the nigga was just in this mode where, this nigga turned down so many people. He could have had T.I., he could have had Jeezy, uh, Bone Thugs, Webby and Boosie, Jagged Edge, um, 
I mean, it was so many artists that could have signed the cash money that's like popping right now that he literally was like, nah, Slim, I don't want to sign them. Oh, so he could have had all of them? He could have had Jeezy and all of them? Hell yeah. He could have had 50 Cent. Hell yeah. He could have had so many people, but he's just like, he's telling niggas no, left and right. Left who that right. sound like, Jay? Damn. Who that sound I ain't, like? I ain't going to tell you who it sound like, man. You know who it sound like. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you know. With this shit. Oh, no, you know. <laughs> but, but the thing is, though, man, we got to start doing better, man, as um, black executives, man, because I will give, you know, just like we sitting up here, you know, we having a little fun, man. Baby is, you know, Baby and Slim, they've done some incredible things in the game, man. You can't dispute that. And, you know, even with R. Kelly, man, his situation is unfortunate, man. But this is what I think with a cat like R. Kelly. R. Kelly can't read or write. A lot of people right. don't know that. Right. R. Kelly kind of like how T said that R. Kelly is weird. R. Kelly kind of thinks like a 15, 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. That's how his mind is. So I think that's what the thing is, man. He probably feels more comfortable with around younger people. I wasn't there, so I ain't gonna never sit up and accuse no man. You know, allegedly, you know, he's doing some other stuff. But yeah, to me, you know, even with his situation, them parents knew what they was getting into. You let your daughter go up here and audition with R. Kelly. Come on, man. Man, listen, I, I done spent time at the man house. I done spent time working with the man. I got songs with the man. I done been, I, it's, it's been, been tons of women around the place. And at the same time, I wasn't there all the time. I don't know what didn't happen since then. This was a long time ago. But I know during the time that I was there, every woman that was there, and some of them, I went in depth with conversation. They were telling me about the houses they didn't got. They didn't got put through college. They did this, did that. It seemed just like a, a cool situation for, for everybody involved. You know what yeah, I'm saying? K- so- Kells did a lot of shit, man. <clears throat> Kells did a lot of shit for a lot of people, man. And I think it's one of them things, man. You know how they say, you know, first they love you, then they hate you. It, yeah. It's like, man, the media loves to destroy artists, man. Yeah. They find something, man, to run with, man. They just running with they it. Got, yeah, they, they got a hard on for that. Yeah, they got a hard on for it, man. And, and you know, nobody really... Nobody really knows the truth of what went on, man. It's just a sad situation, man. But you got some real cool shit going on right now, though, man. It's way different outside the lane of the music shit, though. I do. I do. Me and my boy started up a startup a a sports magazine website called Franchise Sports Media out here in Las Vegas. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a you know what? It's a it's a unique place for sports. Um, it's my second home. I've been had a place up here for years. I, I would, I used to go back and forth between home and here until I just moved up here all the way two years ago. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when the Golden Knights came here, the hockey team, they came here and they did real well out of nowhere. And this town, like, went, they lost their minds for that hockey team. Mm-hmm. And the experience is like going to a Laker game. It's, it's, it's right. Vegas. So it's the entertainment. They all about the entertainment surrounding the game. So the kids are into it. The old folks is into it. The niggas is into it. The Mexicans into it. And we, you know, man, I ain't never gave a fuck about no hockey, but you go to one of these games up here, the presentation, 
it, it takes you to the next level. And it's kind of spreading. And the Raiders, come <laughs> that's my team already. And it's starting to become like a, a, a sports town with that's like a little small college town with a big sports population. So, man, we, we ended up um, getting official media credentialed for the Raiders, for the Golden Knights, um, the Dodgers and the Lakers, too, because this city is just a just a transplant of, of a bunch of L.A. people, to be honest. And we've been doing pretty well, man. It's, it's we 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 report the sports in a different way. We curate our own highlight reels. Um, we get into the recruiting with the kids. We shoot a lot of they they um, they reels for for their recruiting and stuff like that. Um, we shoot all it all it the Raider games, the VGK games, the UNLV games. And it's growing, man. It's it's a lot of fun. It's like, you know, everybody in the music industry, most artists wanted to play ball some kind of way and vice versa. So it's just kind of, you know, I, I, I always dreamed of, of playing football first, then I stopped growing. So I went to my second love, which was doing music. And not that I'm ever going to stop doing that, but man, shit, on, on Sundays, I'm at the stadium on the sideline with my camera, bro. Yeah, you always have been heavy in the football, specifically, man. Yeah, yeah. We we got to get you where you validated, man, where you got the pass for them Trojan games, man, we get everything back opened up, man. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll be down there, bro, because I'm I'm actually shooting myself. So, you know, a lot of the the Raider highlights and stuff that y'all see on our site is is FranchiseSportsMedia.com. That's me actually on the sideline with the camera, like, it's fun, man. And it's like, because I love the team so much and I love the game so much, like being down there on the sideline to hear what's actually going on, mm-hmm. give you a whole lot of perspective when you 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 own a media company. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's a way to, to really bring the sports news to the people in, in a way that's just not dry. Like, you know, this, this is, it, it, it's, it's dry. And right. we're, trying to, we're trying to wet it up a little bit. Well, you always have been, like, on the cusp of, like, that's why I always respected your business acumen, because it seemed like you always had something going on outside of music, like a real business. Um, What was the thing you had, man, where you used to help the kids go to college, man, at the black universities and everything? Yeah, yeah, uh, NCR, National College Resources, um, Black College Expo. Man, it's expanded now. It's, like, it's huge. But you was, you was around when it first started, though, still. I was one of the first people I talked about yeah, yeah you about are. It. are you still doing it yeah we're still doing it man it's just it, it's, it's gone to the point where my manager is just it, it's at a different level now it's like 14 different cities um we didn't got two three hundred thousand kids in school over the time that we've done it and we have these expos basically where kids could just come to this expo bring your transcripts bring your sat or act scores and literally get signed up right there. What we do is we have the colleges that come and participate. We have them waive all of their application fees and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And the kids just show up and they, it's just kind of like, for lack of a better word, it's like a meat market, but it's a meat market for the kids too. You can literally go and interview schools for the experience that you want. And um, it's been working, man. It's like, it, it's just the more you expand, the more you find a need. A lot right. of these kids were qualified to, to, to get higher education if they want to, but they just don't have the information 
mm. which is the bridge to get them there. And like that's a, that's that's very serious. If it's just literally you meeting somebody, that would allow you to get in school when you when you thinking that you have no shot because you know you in Houston and in, in in the hood somewhere and you ain't got no money and you ain't got no scholarship. Man, it's so it's still so many opportunities, but it's hell to find them. So it's right. all about linking linking these kids with people, man. It's some listen, bro. It's some horror stories as far as the situation that black children, black teenagers are in today. And I'm talking about before the pandemic. Like we are struggling to catch up in education and social skills and everything else because the breakdown of our families. Hey, bro, it, it, that's the pandemic for us. Right, as a really. people. That's our pandemic. And we got to We got to pay attention because we can't afford to lose a whole generation. Hey. We can't that's afford right. to lose a whole generation, bro. Right. So this, this yep. program, um, blackcollegeexpo.com, ncr.com, everybody that's watching this, if you want to get your kid in school, you know a kid that's underprivileged that needs to get in school, go to either one of those websites or just look up, just go to Google and look up Black College Expo. We got the shit on lock. You will find us. Um, it don't make no sense in 2021 for black kids that want to get into school to not get into school because they can. And you know what, man? The one thing that college gives you, I always tell people, man, that the degree from, from a college, man, is a great thing, right? But it's the social skills and it's the network of people yes. that you meet. And it's yeah. a good thing because I've seen guys come from out of Compton, Watts, and they go to school somewhere. They go down, they go out of town, they go to Atlanta, they go to Colorado and different places, and they come back as whole different people. Real talk. Because they've Real seen talk. something different outside the hood. And, and uh, me and James, we are getting our nonprofit start, you know, kicked off, man. We're going to be working with a um, nonprofit called Fathers to Fathers. And we Sweet. have some incredible stuff we're doing, man. Me and James and eight, you know, he's got to speak for the homie eight, too. He's not here tonight. Right. As I said earlier, but. We would love to get involved with that with you, man, just as far as getting the word out, man. I think that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Absolutely. Hell yeah, bro. We can exchange that information. Um, we'll link y'all onto the site. Y'all link us back and let let shit, let's link. Because right. we got, man, we got programs going on in Linwood Unified, LA Unified, um, Inglewood, across across the whole city. Like we got programs going in all the schools for for STEM, for for all, everything, everything like even the, even the we I mean we even got the Latin College Expo now. Like since the last time I talked to you, it's expanded by the grace of God. Like some people have really came in and started to help with money. You know what I'm saying? Because bottom line, you can have ideas all day. You can have execution all day. If you ain't got right. money. You ain't gonna be able to help nobody. Real talk. And and it's a lot of people with money that want to help and just don't know how to help right so it's just it's all about trying to find ways to bridge these gaps like it's ways for people 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 that want to give money away can get all kinds of kickbacks and all kinds of extra perks for their life just because they gave the money away and they want to get the money away so it's like we we just um we just had a, a online gala uh to be last month um trying to raise some money to 
expand some more. So that's what it's about, man. It's about if we get these kids in school, then then the people that's running the country won't have us in the type of situation that we in right now. Right. That's it. It's like we look, we got to make a farm team, bro. Just like the baseball teams do. Got to mm-hmm. plant the seeds, got to cultivate them and put them in the places where they need to be to lead us. Only way we're going to do that is with education. Right. And that's one thing that me and James always say, man, that um, we have to use this platform, man. You know, the, the platform, man, is dope, man, that we come on and tell these stories. But me and James, and I think I speak for James, too, and he can elaborate if he wants to. Um, Our biggest thing is to get this type of information out to the neighborhood, man. Yeah. For the people that's watching, for the kid that may be watching this, that's somewhere in, in Houston, Dallas, Compton, somewhere in his room thinking like, man, I want to yeah. go to school and make a change because we got to catch the kids when they early. And, and James, right. he speaks on that all the time, man, about the importance of catching these guys when they are young like that to mm-hmm. make a change. Because there's people, man, you know, literally when you turn 16 to 17, man, it's like you have to fork in the road. You can either go this way or that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and even even younger than that, even younger than that, man. Uh, you know, a lot of kids don't have a sense of of belonging to something. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't have nobody that care. Now, right. if you got a program and they know they can go to college, they gonna go to school so they can go to college. Absolutely, but none of them man. Think that Absolutely. we can make it that far. Absolutely, so, man. Yeah, listen, bro. It's a it's a it, it's a it. saint. It's a saint in Los Angeles. Her name is Dr. Teresa Price. Dr. Teresa Price. She's the director of the Black College Expo, National College Resources, and she's getting kids in school left and right. Right. Ain't no way in hell. I mean, it's it's at least worth a try. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not going to sit up here and promise the world to every single child and say to every single child that can get in school. But, bro, I have seen some stories I have seen some situations where I was saying to myself, ain't no way in hell nobody accepting this motherfucker. And she is. I'm thinking two or three of them right now, one in medical school, a nurse, and, and one trying to run for office. Literally. That's incredible, man. Literally, man. It's, it's all about some kind of foundation. A lot of times right. they miss that foundation. The community has to find a way to put our arms around them and build an alternate foundation. Because every every kid needs some kind of foundation. Right, right. Got to have it. Exactly. Man, like I said, man, that's a beautiful thing, man. And, and you can count this in, man. What was the lady's name again? Dr. Teresa? Dr. Teresa Price. Dr. Teresa Price. Let me write that down, man. Yeah, write that because, down, Dr. Teresa because, Price. Because, see, people like, man, and that's the important stuff, man. We spend a lot of times as blacks, man, being stuck on bullshit. Yeah. You know, yeah. because somebody has skipped over all this good information that we're giving right now, and they want to go back and hear us talk about, you know, oh, Birdman was doing this, and <laughs> R. Kelly did this. You know, they want to hear the they want to hear the bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we got to sure. give them a little bit of that to give them the stuff like this, you know? Real talk. That, that, but that's a beautiful thing, man. In any way we can be involved and help, man, because that's our big core mission right now. Um, we are going to actually be going to the city of Dallas. We're getting that stuff worked out right now. You know, this COVID stuff makes stuff kind of, you got to move the right way. Yeah. You know? 
You got to move the right way because everybody got to be safe, man. But that's shoot. That's something, James, we need to bring down there with us. Yeah. 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 We go down there. Because like James said, man, the the average person, man, that joins a gang, man, they are really looking to belong to something and dedicate their life to something. Why not dedicate it to something positive? Real talk. Real talk. And you'd be surprised at how many of them you could flip. Right. If you just a lot of brothers, they don't know that, you know, Levi's and the T-shirt and the khakis and the hat, that's all they know. Put right. a brother in the suit and watch how he smile. Watch how he be like, oh, yeah, I'm shitty sharp. Yeah. You know, that's all you got to do is give him a chance. Real Show talk. him that you can change. And that's they see true. that. Yeah, you can, they, they be ready to go. That's it, man. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and, and what I want to do, all the links to the stuff that TQ is talking about will be in the um, look in the description of the show, and we have all the links right there, man. Let's let's go out there and let's see somebody get blessed, man. You know, instead of just delivering bad news all the time, let's hear some positive stories. Let's get some Real stuff talk. going. Right. Real talk, man. Let's look up a couple of years from now. Somebody said they was watching this. They was watching this episode, and they got in school. I mean, we doing something right. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly, man. And I'm I'm serious, TXT. I'm gonna be on you. And we already got some stuff going on with the sports stuff that I'm plugging you with, man. Sure. I'm gonna be on you about this, man. Let's go see Dr. Teresa, man. Man, that's nothing. That's easy. Dr. Teresa is the person that got me in the music industry. And she went from the music industry from radio to the music industry to doing this. And this is what she's been doing ever since. And in my in my music career, a lot of a lot of me getting out there was performing at this expo because it was so big. Like we, man, we had 50, 60,000 kids at the LA convention center every year. That's still our biggest one. So this is the first time we ain't did it since what? Uh, I think 2000 because of COVID we had to do the virtual version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so Yeah. See, and see, that's why it's important, man, that we get that message out there, man. I really yeah. appreciate you, man. We appreciate you, man, coming on, man. Yeah, yes, man. Sir. Thank y'all for having me, bro. Thank, congratulations right. on the deal, on the success and all of that, man. I like what y'all doing, bro. Thank y'all for having me anytime. Oh, for sure, man. We, we, definitely go have, we, we, we definitely go have you back, man, again, man. Like I said, I appreciate it, man. Sure. Well, there we go, man. I guess that's another episode right there, man. Remember, keep the homeboy Reggie right in constant prayer. Um, our brother is out there fighting right now, man. Uh, he's fighting right now. I know James had an update. Um, he got updated on him on uh, Saturday, James. Yeah, that was yeah, the last basically update. the same thing. They said he's moving his eyes. Um, they keeping him up under uh, that anesthesia shit. They keeping him sleep. So it sounds serious to me, but Reggie's a fighter. Reggie fighting. If he wouldn't, he'd have gave up a long time ago, and I'm just praying for him. And yeah, we all are. Out there. You know, like I said, my sister got it. My four little cousins got it. And it ain't nothing to play with. It's some real shit. That shit is real. So, yeah, man, I, I had it all December, bro. It's, it's, it's nothing to play with. Anybody out there that think that shit is just some – I don't wish that shit on nobody. So if you ain't got to get it, don't fucking get it. Right. It's definitely, it's definitely, you know, I, I went through it. I went through my bout with it, man. And then that's the thing about it, man, because when we caught it, man, uh, my daughter had it first and she just only had a headache for a couple of days. My mm-hmm. wife, she was still running around the house 
Like it wasn't nothing wrong. And that was the scary part about it because she could have been out there interacting with people and doing everything mm-hmm. else. There's some people that just don't care. So let's be responsible because exactly. um, everybody's not going to get the same result. It may be somebody, you may not, you may be asymptomatic, but you may go see your grandmother or something, hug on her and it may kill her. Take so her let's out. be cautious. Real talk. That's let's truth. be cautious, man. You know, man, peace and prayers, man. The love to y'all, man. We out of here. Peace, man. Well, that concludes another episode of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. Be sure to download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles podcast. For Apple users, find a purple mic on the front of your screen, subscribe to the show, leave a comment, and rating. Executive producers for the Gangster Chronicles podcast are Norman Steele, James McDonald, and Aaron MCA Tyler. Our visual media director is Brian Wyatt, and our audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of iHeart Media Network and the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.